Does it ever feel like you are doing way more than your fair share of the work that it takes to manage your home or run your household? Today we're talking about the concepts of overfunctioning and underfunctioning in our relationships and how that plays out in the division of labor and tasks in our homes. I'm your host, April Boyd. You are listening to the Is It Me or Is It Them podcast, and I'm a psychotherapist and life coach, and this is a topic that I have seen come up a lot, both in my individual sessions with people, as well as in my couple session, and also in my own life. So I was inspired to do this episode because I had an experience this weekend that made me realize, oh my goodness, I have trained my partner to expect me to overfunction in some of these ways. So let me tell you a bit about what happened. So right now it's lockdown. So we have limited times that we can get out to go to the grocery store where I am. And I get out to the grocery store. I get a whole big cart full of stuff because it's locked down and I don't know when exactly I'm going to be able to get it back out easily and it's kind of a pain. But anyways, so I get this great big cart full of stuff. I finally get up to the checkout and I realize that I have left my wallet at home. So I'm suddenly like so frustrated and it's one of those days where like maybe that would not have felt like such a big deal on another day, but today I was frustrated and annoyed. It felt like such a waste of my time. So I noticed as I got in the car and was driving back home and hoping that they were not going to put away all my groceries for me in the meantime, and I'd have to repeat the whole process. But anyway, so I'm driving home and I realize that I'm starting to blame my partner in my mind for the fact that this has happened to me. And I'm starting to notice that I'm thinking things like, why was I the one even going and getting groceries today? Anyways, he should have offered to do this. So my partner has been working a shorter work week this week. So he has been potentially more available to do this with his schedule than I was. And so I just had like all of this frustration and anger in my body. I went home, picked up my wallet, stormed back out of the house, went and got groceries. And I did a really good job of not letting myself vent that frustration at the time because I knew that I was like emotionally charged. So I kind of just kept my mouth shut, went, got the groceries, came back. I came in, my partner helped me put everything away. And then finally I say to him, like, I'm so mad at like both of us right now because why was I the one to go out and get the groceries? Like, you're the one who's off today and I'm still working. And it was interesting because I realized I had not even really considered the idea of sending him to go instead. And as he and I were talking about this, he said to me, you know, April, like you actually tell me not to go and do those things like getting groceries. And I'm like, what do you mean? even though I already kind of knew where this was going. So he's like, I offer at various points in time, I offer to like stop and get groceries on my way home from work. And you always tell me not to. And it's so true. It is so true. I can think of examples where he is, you know, text me on his way home, whereas he's about to leave from work. And I say, no, no, I've got it. It's good. 
And really, it's just because in those moments, I'm looking forward to him getting home and we don't immediately need anything. And I just want that time with him at the end of the day. And I started to look at all those moments that I have declined and pushed aside his offers to meet me a little more halfway. And as I thought about this, I realized how all of those moments add up. And what I was ending up doing is sending these really mixed messages of there's times I'm mad because you're not doing this, but there's times when I'm actually telling you it would be wrong of you to go to do this. So I'm wondering if I'm alone on this. I'm wondering if you can relate to this idea of realizing there's times when you are more than happy to take care of that thing, right? And you're like, no, 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 I've got it. Let me. And it feels good to do that. And then there's that time where it's like we're so mad that they've come to expect that we're just going to do that thing. And it's like, of course, they're just going to expect that. We've trained them into that expectation. So I started to just really notice all of the ways that I had sent that mixed message and essentially taught him to think of that as being my job. And it reminds me of just this basic kind of relationship concept that we love to take care of other people until we don't, (laughs) until, you know, it hits us at the wrong time and the wrong moment where we have a hundred other things to do, or it feels like we've been doing it too much, or our plate is just overflowing. And suddenly we are so furious of the audacity that they have to expect us to do this thing. We've quietly and sometimes even happily done a thousand other times before this. So this brings me to the next point, and this is the other thing where we can train people to under-function, which is this chronic caretaking that we do. There's this author, Mama Gina. She has this incredible book uh, that's called Mama Gina's Guide to Marriage, and it's a little bit out there. It's a little bit um, fluffy, but her basic concepts are brilliant. And what she says is that a lot of the things that goes wrong, that goes wrong in relationships is that women fall into the role of the good wife syndrome. And the good wife syndrome essentially puts her partner's needs above her own all the time. And she does that and does that and does that and ultimately feels like it's her job to make her partner happy. It's her job to take care of them until eventually she's burnt out and exhausted and frustrated and furious. And then this creates such damage on relationships. And there's times when I definitely have fallen into that habit of really trying to be that good partner, right? And I think it's also worth noting that that role of that good partner or good wife is so culturally conditioned. And I think this comes into not just how we want to show love to our partner and the people we care about by taking care of them, but also the social expectation 
the social pressure that we have on our shoulders as women specifically to be doing this role well. Men have different pressures, and I know I'm speaking in a, in a gender term right now, but when we really just look at it as an example, you know, as part of this conversation, my partner and I were talking about how when we look at just even how our house looks, if people come by and the house is a mess, nobody thinks, wow, Martin is such a terrible housekeeper. Martin's house is a bit of a mess. Really, the story would be, April is really messy. April doesn't take very good care of her house. And I think that obviously that doesn't apply to every person, right? Every visitor. But there's a dominant cultural discord that essentially places that responsibility without even realizing that we're doing it necessarily more so on the position of the female partner, if we're talking about a heterosexual couple, than the male partner. This is a real phenomenon. And so we can look at this chronic caretaking is often such a mix of both the ways that, you know, we might instinctively want to show love and care but also the things that traditionally have been culturally rewarded. Women are rewarded for self-sacrifice, for putting the needs of their partners or family or friends above their own. And when we look at how this tendency can play out in relationships, when this runs unchecked, when this kind of runs unnoticed, We can create this pattern, and I've seen this happen with so many couples, where she's giving and giving and giving and giving, and I'm thinking there's been so many examples of couples that come to mind for me in this. I know it sounds like I'm generalizing, but it's just something that I've witnessed so many times with couples that eventually she's really resentful, and the partner does not understand why. So the other way that we train our partners to under-function is by punishing their efforts. This one comes up a lot, a lot. So what I often see happen and what I often hear when I'm talking to a woman specifically who is really frustrated that she is carrying more of the load of, you know, the household tasks and responsibilities and family responsibilities. As we talk through it, oftentimes one of the things that becomes evident is that she actually ends up blasting and shaming and attacking her partner when they do come in to help rather than let their partner do it in a way that is not up to their standards, right? So it's like when you're loading the dishwasher. The dishwasher is such a hot topic in in relationships because it's just in some ways such a small thing, but so symbolic, right? And I can catch my own self doing this too as I'm watching my partner loading the dishwasher and I'm biting my tongue because I'm watching him do it the wrong way. 
the wrong way. And there's part of that as a high-functioning woman that drives me a bit crazy because I have a system, right? Oftentimes, we have a process and procedures that we have really built that work really well, that we rely on. But when we're looking at partnership, they have a different system that often collides with ours. Now, if I were to, you know, say something snarky or critical, whether it's said in a joking, loving tone or not, if I were to criticize my partner and basically tell them that they're not doing it the right way, why are they going to bother continue to do it? And what I often hear specifically from the men in my couples counseling sessions, and I've heard them verbalize this almost verbatim so many times over the hundreds of sessions I've now done with couples, where the guy basically says, the safest thing I can do is just stay out of her way. Because whether I do it or don't do it, I'm going to kind of get yelled at anyways. So why would I put my neck out there to get stepped on? And I hear this from women in so many ways. When I hear them describing, you know, both being very frustrated and exhausted and in the next breath, talking about how it drives them crazy when their partners put things away, but put them in the wrong place, right? And then it's like, we're mad that we're the only one who knows where everything in the household is, but we rescue people all the time. Hey, I can't find this thing, right? And then we kind of jump in and go and find that thing instead of letting them figure it out on their own or letting them participate more in where things should go. So it's just worth checking in. Are you withholding or maintaining a system for how you feel the right way is for things to be done. Because if your number one goal is it has to be done this way, totally fine. That's your, you, you might be able to work that out with your partner and they're totally fine to let you do that. The cost of that is they're going to let you do everything your way, which makes a lot of sense. If I'm going to get yelled at, for doing something or told I'm doing wrong, why would I why would I keep doing it? You are training your partner to do less. You are training them to not support you. So I would love to hear your thoughts on what stood out for you in this. And my hope in sharing this with you today is that when we can start to look at the ways that we have co-created some of the dynamics in our relationship, then we can start to take responsibility for our half of the fence of how we have both helped to make these habits and expectations. And that gives us some power to then start to undo some of the damage and to rebuild some new systems that might feel a little more reciprocal, a little more equal, and a little more cared for, where you allow yourself to receive partnership, where you allow yourself to be taken care of as well. So start to just notice 
As you think through this podcast episode, which were the ones that hit home for you of where you have blocked potential offers or opportunities for support? And when we can start to take that spotlight of focus off of our partners of they never and they don't and they don't do enough of this and they expect me to do that and start to really take back control by putting the spotlight back on our own self, how have I co-constructed these conditions? And it's so tiny, right? These small micro moments Every time we're like, no, it's fine. I've got it. No, don't worry. I've got it. Right. Which really was kind of that mistake I was talking about in that first example at the grocery store. I was thinking about the moment of what I wanted in that moment. No, no, just kind of hurry home from work. I'm excited to spend time with you, which is very different than the question of what are the habits I'm wanting to create for my long-term relationship, right? So see if you can just check in with that and start to notice how are you building those expectations? Because if we are wanting someone to start to to stop under-functioning, then we also need to make room for them to take up more of that space by reining in our own habit of over-functioning. So if you found this episode useful, I would love it if you shared it with somebody that you knew could benefit. And if you shared it on Instagram and tagged me at with love April, I would appreciate that so much because it really does help. So thank you for listening and for being a part of this conversation. And if you have a topic or question that you would love to hear about, again, DM me. I'm on Instagram at with love April. Take care.